0: Ronananian. Google is paying $20 an hour for drivers for self driving vehicle operators to cruise around Phoenix, Arizona and its suburbs testing out its self driving cars. I wonder if that's like getting a live tackling bomb
1: The Car Doctor. On some aftermarket water pumps, you have to change the thermostat housing and stuff, too. Would you recommend
0: going to OEM? Absolutely. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, The Car Doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855 560 9, and now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Ronnie Nene and the car doctor here in the garage today, 855. 855- 560-9900-855-560-9900. Give us a call on the Car Doctor hotline, and we'll sit down and talk to you about your car problem, whatever it might be. More information about this radio show, cardoctorshow.com. I know you're looking for it. Also, podcasts there, as well as podcasting. You know, you can go out to your own podcast app on your phone and look up Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor, and we will appear there. And don't forget to click subscribe on the button. But um, you can find podcasting if you want to do it the old-fashioned manual way. And I realize we're sometimes we're a little old-fashioned in manual you can do it at cardoctorshow.com you can get it at tunein.com but you can also go out to iheart and itunes and subscribe the podcast there as well i want to talk to you a little bit this week about well a couple of things actually we're going to be giving away a Wix uh hot rod this week um fellas where's where's the Wix car do you uh
1: we're not going to show you Last well, time you hogged it.
0: Y- yeah, but no, no. It's not that I'm hogging it. I'm trying to protect it. You know, it's it, it, it's you guys got to stop trying to put it back in the box like you haven't been playing with it. I want it. No. So you- it's mine. Mine, mine, mine. Well, you, you're going to have to give it away in the next two hours. No, I'm not. Yep, yeah. Tom. <laughs> Tom. Yes. Tom. What? So just... Tell Tony the 39 Ford from the folks over at Wix. It's a vintage 1939 Ford hot rod. Now, keep in mind, um, that, you know, this is a 118th scale Ford Coupe hot rod, and it is a replica of the most recognized ultimate American car. It's a really neat piece. We've been doing this for a while, and everybody seems to enjoy them, except that, for you and Tony. That's why it'll go good on our mantelpieces. Exactly. Uh, anyway, in the next two hours, we're going to be doing that giveaway, folks. So when you call in, Beg, plead, and borrow with Tom and Tony, and see if they'll give it up, and uh, we'll go from there. I want to talk to a little bit about baseball. I want to talk to you about batting cleanup. Uh, you know, no, not 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 for the Mets because I think they're done; they're cleaned up already. But I'm talking about like a regular baseball team. Yes, Tony.
2: You you fail to realize where you live out in New Jersey. They have a lot of um, New York Mets fans. So
0: no, listen, I, I get I, I, it.
2: I would advise you to I'm stop talking f- about the but, Mets.
0: But tone, I'm a Mets fan. I really am. Oh, you are. Yeah, I am. I just—it's—it's it's depressing. So I'm just trying to get the pain with over over with early. Hey, my heart goes out to Mets fans and Jet fans. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, you know what? Well, I can't tell you what Mets fans. Mets stands for. You know what Mets stands for? What? No, I'm not going. My entire team stinks. Um, you know what Jet stands for? What? Just end the season. <laughs> uh, I mean. That's why. That's why I can tell you I'm, I'm a fan. I just I've I, been through I this. I know pain. What it
1: stands for my son's a Mits fan.
0: Yeah, where's what is, where's what is Mets stands for? Stand my for?
1: entire team
0: stinks. Right. I think I just said that, didn't I? No, you 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 wouldn't say it. No, oh, I wouldn't say it. So, well, so
2: you let Tom be the scapegoat, huh? Right.
0: Well, listen. So can we go back to talking about cars? Because this open is definitely way off track, and I'm way behind on the clock now. I want to talk about baseball. I want to talk about batting cleanup. I actually want to talk about the repair of the week. If you remember last week's show, I I told you what the repair of the week was last week, this week. Um, Because I kind of knew where I was going, and that's the point of this week's repair. 2000 Corvette came into the shop at RE Automotive with an electrical drain. The vehicle would have a dead battery and, and failed to start after two, three days of sitting. And the vehicle had been, well... You know, It had been to a couple of places. It went to an independent repair shop. It went to two dealers. And the litany and the variety of suggested repair was astounding. Uh, One repair shop put a new battery and a new alternator in it and sent the car on its way. Charged the customer for the alternator, but not the battery. No labor. They couldn't fix the car. Take it somewhere else. We're not quite sure what to do. Took it to a dealer who actually gave a proper diagnosis. Of course, I didn't see the paperwork from the dealer until after I had put my time in, until after it was fixed, in that the dealer told them that the new alternator was causing a drain, and they even cited the exact numbers that I found, the exact drain that I had found, that it was drawing 250 milliamps, which is too high. You know, we want to see 50 milliamps or less. And the alternator had a problem. The vehicle owner had a problem was confused he said gee it's new how could new be bad and i know every one of my loyal listeners out there is going new means never ever worked and we he proceeded to go on his way he ended up at a third dealership a third repair shop and this is the one that really kind of blew me away they couldn't find anything wrong with it they said there's nothing wrong with the car there's no drain there's no draw at this time this all transpired and took place out over the course of a year. So this poor little two thousand Corvette with only twenty seven thousand miles on it was being tooled around northern New Jersey, New York, and eventually made its way out to Long Island for a repair that never really seemed to take off and happen. And it ended up back at the shop. And I said, Well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna diagnose it. I you know, there's one thing I'm pretty sure if you give me a car that's broken, intermittents are tough. And they take a little bit more time. But if you give me a car that's legitimately broken and it's got a failure in it, we'll figure it out. It just takes time and money. It takes effort. Began, the, began at the beginning. Like I always said, where do you begin? You begin the diagnosis at the beginning. Scanned it for codes. Had none. There was a, another customer concerned that the key fob, one of the key fobs didn't work. And that the underhood light didn't work. Well, the underhood light was a no-brainer. Somebody had unplugged the underhood light and left it apart and never failed to notify the customer about all the corrosion inside the connector. Just like I've seen dirty batteries that are corroded across the top have a voltage drain between the terminal posts, a corroded connector such as this could do the same. So I cleaned that connector, dielectric greased it, put it back together, but that didn't solve my draw. I had a 250 milliamp draw right from the get-go, which now I know was the alternator, as I mentioned to you. But the the, the difficulty in diagnosing this was, well, it wasn't difficult. It was time-consuming. You know, when you're batting cleanup, when you're going in after three guys are in ahead of you, you've got to look at everything, and you're trying to make sure, are you going to get on base, are you going to get around the bases, are you going to hit a home run? You're looking to hit the home run, because if you don't, well, you're not the cleanup man anymore. Pulled all the fuses, no change. And then I realized, yep, don't forget, the alternator has a fusible link to it and disconnected the alternator output line, and sure enough, the draw went away. Brought the customer in and explained all this to Rick, and I showed him everything that was going on. And at first, he didn't get it, and I and I understand his hesitancy to believe that the car is repairable because he's he's been everywhere and he's had so many problems, but somebody's got to fix it. And that's sort of the point of all this. You know what? Somebody has to fix it. There's got to be a way to make that car hold again. There's got to be a way to make that car like it was the day the manufacturer designed it and took it off the showroom floor. Now, in Rick's case, it had nothing to do with his maintenance or any repairs or anything other that he had done other than I don't know what the original failure was, which that's a problem. Was the original alternator bad, and that's why they put the this replacement alternator in it? Or was the original failure the hood connector, which was taken apart, but then when they put the alternator in it in an attempt to fix it, <laughs> you know, which came first, the chicken or the egg? And it really came back to confidence. You know, one of the things we don't talk about enough here on the show is mechanics have to have confidence. And the only way they get confidence is either experience or or training, or both, because both of them create confidence. You know, it really makes you feel good. You walk out to walk out to any car and say, I can fix this car. I don't care what it is. I can fix this car. I can figure it out. You know, the, the problem, the reason I think cars don't get repaired in some cases, in a lot of cases, is because accompanied with the, I can figure this out, I have confidence in what I can do, the mechanic is often hit with, I don't want to spend any money on the car, because you see, Money and repairs really have nothing to do with each other. It's, it's, it's ability and desire. That's what fixes cars. Money just has to be there because that's the exchange. That's the exchange for effort because that's the way the economy works. In the end, Ricky's car is fixed. I, I finished putting an alternator in it on Monday, and I let the car sit Monday afternoon, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. About Friday, about lunchtime yesterday. Um, I went out and started the car, and it fired right up. Oh, and by the way, the the key fob issue, remember I said in the beginning how the key fob doesn't work or didn't work? One did, one didn't. And, uh, you know, I had to go back and look up the procedure because my first initial test was, well, maybe I've got a bad battery and the one that doesn't work. I took the battery out of the one, transferred it to the one that didn't work, and now I had two that didn't work because now neither one operated. And I'm sitting there scratching my head saying, wait a minute, man, something came back to me, and I went back and looked at some notes and did a little research there's that research word again just like einstein always said trust me you've got to do research and not be ashamed to admit it to to resynchronize the key fobs on a 2000 corvette this generation general motors remote start you have to hold the lock and unlock button for up to seven seconds in proximity of the vehicle and that reacquaints it with the fob itself sure enough went out there held both buttons did it twice cars fixed cars fixed on all counts Bottom line, you can fix anything. It takes money, it takes effort, it takes time, it takes confidence. It takes the mechanic's ability and desire to want to fix that problem. And trust me, there are guys out there that can do it. There are some really good guys out there. You've got to make sure you're dealing with top-level shops, you've got to make sure you're dealing with people that write things down, and then you've got to read what they write. I told the owner, Rick, you had the answer right in the palm of your hand. There it is, right from the one dealer in that the fault is in the alternator, but you didn't want to believe it. Sometimes the fault isn't so much the car, as the lack of participation from the vehicle owner. And um, I think some of you are guilty of that. I think you've got to look at that and get beyond it, in order to, well, cut down on repair expense and aggravation, and also to enjoy the car and enjoy the process. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. We're going to pull over and take a pause. I'll be right here. Don't go away. We're right back. <laughs> Welcome back, Ron Nini and the Car Doctor here, 855-560-9900. And thanks for stopping by and joining us this week. As always, I should I should point that out that I know you've got a lot of choices out there and um, I know that uh, to take some time and spend it here with us today as we uh, talk about cars. Well, I, I, I know some of you enjoy it. I know some of you are on the run, and uh, we try to keep it interesting, and uh, we just want to say thanks. We appreciate your 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 time as well as uh, being able to spend it with you. Let's go over to Ronnie in Los Angeles, California, and see what's going on, 2000 Chevy Silverado. Ronnie, welcome to The Car Doctor. How can I help?
2: Hey, what's up, Ron?
0: Hey, you know, How what's was, cooking? That's uh, what's, cool. That's cool.
2: Let's go. Yeah, I really love your show. Uh, it calms me down so uh i'm looking to buy a truck i'm looking to buy a 2000 2006 silverado the sierra um I, I see one that i like well i don't i don't mind i don't mind buying a truck with a messed up transmission so put a new transmission in it that way i have a that way i know what i got right. so i i got this one i'm looking at this guy's selling it for pretty cheap, thousand something. And it says it's pretty good the engine, good mileage, but it won't go over thirty miles an hour. It got the four L sixty E and it just won't hit the second gear. Um, what what are your thoughts on that one?
0: So so what is it? This is this is a two thousand Silverado fifteen yes. hundred? Yes, sir. A- and he wants a thousand dollars for it.
2: He wants a thousand seventeen, but I'm getting it down to thousand. Okay, so,
0: so it's a thousand. So it's so it's a thirteen hundred dollar truck, is is, yes, is what you're telling me. And how many miles are on it?
2: It has uh, hundred and twenty-seven thousand.
0: Okay, um, have you have you seen this truck, Ronnie?
2: No, I've seen it in pictures. It's a little dented up, but but um, that's what the prices are going. On.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not judging it. I'm just, just, I just want to make sure you know what you're getting into. So it's a 130,000 mile, 18 year old vehicle that's, you know, $1,400, $1,300, and it won't go over 30 miles an hour. What makes us think it's the transmission? Have you driven it? Ronnie? Ronnie? Hello? Uh oh. Well, let me continue the conversation like he was there. Here's the deal, all right? You know, we can't assume. How do we know it's a transmission? How do we know it's not a restricted exhaust system? Are there any dashboard warning lights on? Are any of the dashboard warning lights working? You know, you're buying a used car, and this is for everybody out there. You're buying a used car. Pictures are great. Hands-on, on-site are even better. Ronnie, I understand your back, sir.
2: Yeah, sorry I th- about I that. I thought I
0: scared you. I'm sorry. So, you yeah, know, what I was I what, I, what I was talking to everyone else about was, you know, you're buying a used car. Um, you know, it's got to be a hands-on thing. Buying a used car is hands-on. Pictures are great, but, you know, what makes you think this is a transmission? You know, is that his diagnosis, his mechanic's diagnosis, or is, is this the educated guess? Which is fine. I just want to know how we got to this conclusion.
2: Oh, that's the educated guess for me, sir. It's just him saying that. That uh, his truck won't go over 30 miles an hour and it won't go into the second gear.
0: Okay. That's all. You ever see Beverly Hills Cop? <laughs> yeah. All right. Remember that scene when they were parked out in front of the Beverly Hills Hotel and Eddie Murphy stuck the banana in the tailpipe?
2: <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Remember what happened to that Fairmont? That thing didn't go over 30 miles an hour either. And That was a banana. How do you know there isn't a banana in the tailpipe? How do you know there isn't That's restricted true. exhaust? Uh, you know, I'm being serious. But how do you know there isn't restricted exhaust here? And, you know, something as simple as that. Maybe this has a melted cat, which, you know, that's a concern because catalytic converters are obviously fairly expensive and maybe more so than transmissions in some cases. But man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. Thank you. I knew that would make Tony happy. <laughs> but, you know, how do you know that this is a transmission? So here's the deal, all right? Is the car close to where you're living? Can you go check yeah. this out? Yes. Can you can you take a mechanic with you to go look at it, or you know a mechanical yep. buddy? You know yep. this is thirteen fourteen hundred dollars for uh-huh. a running vehicle, dude. I turn out services and brake repairs that are more money than that. So you know if this truck's really fourteen hundred bucks and he wants to get rid of it, that's fine. You're worried about the engine. You're worried about. You know overall condition. You know what does the rest of the truck look like? What does the cooling system look like? You're you got to be worried about fluids and and uh, you know I know it sounds silly, but you've got to be worried about maintenance. What else is this truck missing besides just it won't go over thirty miles an hour?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know if this is if this is restricted exhaust, okay. Why if it's cats, why are the cats restricted? Did they fail? Did something cause the cats to melt down? You know, catalytic converters are are, are 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 fairly simple animals, and they don't go bad unless something makes them go bad. A, a, a melted like cat? Well, you know, like is the truck burning oil? Did it coat the catalytic converters? Did it? Did, is the, does the truck have a misfire? Did that cause the engine to run rough and then you know overload the cats and the cats melted? You know, so there's a bunch of factors there. You know, if, if the answer to the question, let me say it like this, Ronnie, because the clock's gonna take me, I got about thirty seconds. If if the transmission's bad and the rest of the truck is solid, all right, figure it's gonna cost you the price of a trans replacement. You're not going to you're not going to repair that trans. There's too many unknowns. So your conversation has to be centered around finding out what locally a rebuilt transmission for that truck would cost. And then work your way backwards from there. And if it's three grand and you want to do it, hey, great, but you gotta prove it's a trans first. Take somebody with you when you're going, that way you'll know what's really going on. Rod and Any and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Why, well, this car is automatic, it's systematic,
3: it's hydromatic.
0: Why it's lightning! Greased lightning! Welcome back. Ron and Annie, The Car Doctor, continuing on this hour. By the way, we are about to go into summer heat. And um, judging by the emails and the comments and the questions, you're all starting to think about batteries, which I think is great. Everybody's starting to talk more about batteries right now because uh, battery heat goes, you know, we, we lose more batteries in the summer than we do in the winter and that's a good thing to be thinking about a couple of you asked me about recommendations and like i always tell you you want to look for the powerframe grid technology logo on the outside because powerframe grid technologies batteries are the ones that are designed to stand up to summer's heat, as well as winter's cold. And, you know, they're the ones that are, last the longest, and they are the best quality. Find more information at powerframe.com. But, uh, you know, it's nice to see that everybody's thinking about it. I appreciate it. Let's go over and talk to Joshua in Texas, 96 Honda Accord, and all sorts of problems are just a pile. Joshua, welcome to the car, doctor. Sir, how can I help? What's going on? Well,
3: I've got a, I've got a lot of parts on this car. You know, okay. I've got an aftermarket computer, which right. is a Honda my Honda is set to uh, throw a code at 205. All right. That's what the temperature is set at. You know, that's a little high. I'm running right now. My computer logged it. It's running about 195. So that's that's a little warm. Okay. I've done replace the thermostats twice. I've replaced the radiator, t- the cap. I've made sure there's no water coming into the oil from the pan, or the top of the head. It's not mixing. I'm not losing any fluid. My radiator stays full. Um.
0: Well, here, let's, let's back up a second. I actually tried to email you, Joshua, just so you know. Your, your return email address wouldn't work. My, the, the server bounced my email. Um, I'm not sure why. You had emailed me like Wednesday or Thursday, Correct. Correct. Yeah. So just just to let you know, so because I kind of got a sense this was a tuner car. This is this has got to be something modified, or this is one card one engine from another car or something, right? There's yes, something it's that's a, Yeah, it's got a Prelude motor in it. Right. Okay. Um, so you know, let's just cover the bases. Um, what thermostat are you running, or are you running a thermostat at all? Uh,
3: I was running the OEM. Uh, it's it's very similar to the V6. Thermostat. Right. It's kind of a big, bigger thermostat for it. Um, I was running the OEM from Honda. Okay. So the so the seals were just as big enough as it needed. Right. I don't really go and buy too much outside of OEM unless it's like a major brand like Greedy, a Honda, a Mishimoto. Right. I really Some, stick with with
0: something that's established, something that you know it works, and it's 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 not you know you're not putting a problem in the car. So, let me ask you this question this is this is sort of your hot rod right i mean let's call it what it is has it has Almost. it been has it been together to the point where it didn't have the overheat or is this the final assembly and now you've got this overheat as a problem
3: no the car has been running strong with the motor for i say about two and a half years okay it's been in for a while it it got done right at, you know it it was right it got done right and uh I just, I just recently started having this problem. And what, what really gets me is because I can go through and diagnose, you know, make sure, you know, it's not a head problem or it's maybe not flowing right. But really what stumps me is whenever I'm going to a stoplight and I'm approaching the stoplight, as I apply the brake pressure, it will surge from 1,000 to 1,500. As soon as I get to the red light and make a complete stop, it doesn't surge it only does it when i approach the red light
0: well which which problem are you trying to deal with the overheat or the surge
3: i think the overheat is causing the surge
0: okay so or what it could be the what what temperature did it used to run at
3: 176 to about 180
0: so you've picked up 15 degrees in the last whatever it is couple of months when this problem yes. started all right so then I'm going to go back. So okay, so let's let's talk about what, what we know is good. All right. Um, the way okay. I would approach this is a hot rod. We know it's not. You know, I don't know. Do you have different size pulleys on 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 different components? You know, none of that no. matters. Um, you know, from a tuner perspective, you know, you've got your horsepower set up right. This is a this is a belt motor, correct? Timing belt yeah. motor. So yeah. you know, water pumps, timing belt driven. Um, you haven't modified anything there, or even if you have, it was working for two and a half years. So we can kind of rule that out, all right? Right. Uh, you know, when you say you've made sure that the head gasket is good, what have you done to verify that?
3: I have uh, got a head check. I have uh, checked from the pan side, from the top of the radiator. I've checked, I've checked that. I've checked from the top of the, the head itself. I've checked the oil. I've kept it maintained.
0: Um, Do you own a cooling system pressure tester?
3: I, that's funny. I actually went to to try that, and the pressure tester. I went up to my local O'Reilly. I went to O'Reilly's. I got the pressure tester. I went out and I hooked up the adapter, and from not the radiator to the adapter, but from the adapter to the actual uh, equipment itself, it leaked. So I'm going to I was planning on doing that, but I, I couldn't get there.
0: Well, here's so, what, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull the plugs. All right? Okay. This is this 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 was a 4 or a 6, I forgot. What did we say? It's it's a 4. Okay, this is a four. 4 liter. Right, right. Oh, it's the thermostats be right. Yeah. So, let's pull the plugs, all right? Pressurize the cooling system. Let it sit overnight. All right? With the plugs with out. It being with it pressurized? Pressurized. Yeah. All right. Um, leave the plugs out. And in the morning, when you before you start it, maybe you can slowly crank the cylinders over. Bring the pistons up top. Look at the top of the pistons with a flashlight. If you have a bore scope, that would be better. Do you see any coolant in the cylinders? Right? It's gonna go through it's, it's gonna go through a thermal cooldown. It's gonna it's gonna, you know, you're gonna change state on the on the gasket itself, it's gonna sit overnight under pressure. Hey, you know what? If a head gasket can go more than eight hours without a change of state, especially during a cool down, and not put any coolant in the cylinders, then I got to think you don't have a cool. I don't think you do anyway. But I want to eliminate that as a possibility. All right. Right. But that would be that would be the way to do it. The other thing you could do, although this is in cases of extreme, is just keep in mind that engine's a big air pump. If you were to take the radiator cap off and crank the engine over cold in the morning, does it shoot any coolant out of the radiator?
3: No, it doesn't. I've I've tried that.
0: Okay. So, you know, like I said, I don't think you've got a head gasket issue here. I just want to eliminate it. So that's out the window. You've probably changed the thermostat more than a few times already, right? Yes. Yeah. So that's out the window. All right. Um, You know, unless you've got, and I've never seen a Honda do this, but I want to mention it, unless you've got a water pump where the impeller is loose on the shaft or the impeller itself is worn and it's not flowing correctly, all right, Uh, you know, how old is that water pump that's in there?
3: I'd say the whole kit whenever I did the timing belt and everything from Gates is probably about six and a half months.
0: Well, you know, that that one we won't know unless you physically take it apart and look at the impeller. Right, And and the way I would get to that is we've got to start to eliminate some of the known good so we can, you know, figure out what's bad. Um, I like the idea about flow. I like the way you're thinking, all right? So if I'm concerned about flow, I've got to think about how's the water pump moving coolant and what kind of shapes the radiator in. That's
3: what I was coming to a conclusion. I've done the... The caps, you know. I've done the thermostat. Right. Uh, You know, I've I've here recently done the water pump. Right. So I'm 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 getting to the point. My radiator has been in the car since it was an original car. Right. So it's it's pretty old. It's the plastic. It needs the aluminum.
0: Right. Well, and and look at look at this too, is the plastic. You know, that's a black plastic radiator. What what color is the plastic? Is it starting to turn brown?
3: no it's it's stand the the black it's a little okay.
0: faded right they and you know and the reason i ask is because with these plastic radiators on any of the cars today when you see the plastic start to fade the 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 oil is coming out of the plastic and they're getting brittle it's a sign of age right and, and it it becomes a case of you know maybe this is the time to change it regardless it would be neat and and here's a here's a here's a great use of this tool uh, Snap-on makes them. I think Fluke makes them. A bunch of companies make them now. as thermal imagers? Okay, where you you know get the vehicle up to operating temperature, and a thermal imager will just show you temperature by section. And if right. there, if there's Wherever hot, where
3: you put it is where you get the heat.
0: Right. If there's hot spots there. Where you know you're not getting flow, or you you've got a restriction, it will it will tag it one two three. We use a thermal imager in the shop now. We've we we purchased one within the last year, and I've used it on a bunch of different applications, and it sure makes diagnosing easier. But I think you're down to you're either dealing with radiator or a water pump. Something's not giving you flow. I agree with that, and um, I think you've got to attack it from one of those two angles. Pick your poison. Right. If I was to let's
3: say if I go and I get like a Mishimoto and uh, aluminum half-size so I can get a little bit more flow going to the headers. What would you say if I was to put my fan on my radiator as close as I can get it? Do you think that would help out a little bit more?
0: I don't think it's going to matter. And, again, you won't know until you try. But here's the the problem I've got with any of this. Anytime I work on the hot rod, all right, I've got a 55 Chevy two-door. Anytime I work on that, all right, if I've got a problem, I never make any changes until I fix the original problem, because I don't know what known good is. And until I until I get to known good, I can kind of walk myself down the path, because then I start to change this, and I change this, and I change this. And, you know, I go all the way out on the end of the tree limb until I find out I made a mistake three steps back, and then I've got to get back to that in order to go forward. So right. fix the overheat first and then start talking about all these little changes in tuning and things that you want to do to see what kind of impor- performance improvement you get to it. All right, do that, Joshua. The clock's going to take me. I went way over this segment. I'm sorry, but uh, you've got my number. Give me a call if you need more information. Let us know how you make out, and uh, we'll be glad to help keep you going with this. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The Car Doctor's coming back right after this. We're on the end of the car, Doctor. Let's uh, real quick get over to Maui, Hawaii, and talk to Walt, who's on the phone. Walt, you're there, sir. What's going on?
1: Hey, i still trying to get the courtesy lights to work on my Corvette. Um, it, this is. The equivalent of your hot rod to me, my Corvette. Right, and I want everything to work on it, but I, <clears throat> I'm at a loss. I thank you for sending this wiring diagram. It is so much better than the factory service manual one. It from Pro Demand. Is that a service I can get, or is that uh, well? That's something for that's you, actually
0: Mitchell. Shot. That's Mitchell Pro Demand. And the nice thing about Mitchell, and there's a lot of nice things about Mitchell and Pro Demand, is they take the factory diagram and they'll redraw it and they kind of put it in English so to speak, and they standardize it. This is one of the things I love about Mitchell in that they take the complicated wiring diagrams and they make them all the same so that they're much easier to understand and relate to. So if you can read one, you can read the next and so on and so forth.
1: Oh, yeah, and they're color-coded. They right. just make it so much easier right. to follow. Yeah,
0: it's, listen, if you, were, if you really want to see how where they where they shine, go look at a Volkswagen wiring diagram. And from factory, and then go look at how Mitchell does it, and you go, "Wow, (laughs) it it, it makes sense." So, but anyway, what can I do for you? One from
1: Corvette, I got to say, it ain't that much better. So, um, uh, what do you got? The the question is still that it doesn't work. I followed. I I could almost redraw this wiring diagram by memory. I've looked at it so much, both with magnifying glasses and everything. I cannot find what. I'm just at a loss. You open the left door, they don't work. You open the right door, they do work. You turn on the dash switch, uh, they do work. Um, and back when I did the original diagnosis, uh, you know, and you mentioned uh, in your email that it may have been modified. There's no sign whatsoever that either one of those door panels had been off since it left the factory. Um, so I don't think there's been any modifications. But if, if, if memory serves, all work well, if, and, if,
0: if memory serves me correct, Walton, I've only got a minute. Um, and I'm sorry, maybe we can talk about this again, uh, you know, a little later, um, but doesn't the left-side wiring, isn't it different left to right? Isn't there a relay involved in the left side versus the right side?
1: Well, according to the one, best I can find, there is only one relay associated with it, and it works.
0: Okay. But isn't its is it on both sides of the circuit? Uh Yes. Okay. Have you traced the wires from the door jam switch back to the control? In other words, the ground. You've got you've got power there, right? You had power across on the one side. Now here
1: I, here's the thing with the switch. There's no the, the switch provides a ground. I'll tell you it what, Walter. Walter.
0: Hey Walter, I'll tell you what. Sit tight. Let me pull over and do this now so I don't have to rush it later. Um, we'll be right back to you. I'm running in the car, Doctor. Don't go away.
3: Was
0: like a picture, she was there. Hey, we're on the of the car Doctor, we're back. Let's get right into it. Walter, you there, sir? Yes, I am. I got about two and a half minutes, so let's let's dump right jump Hello. right into it. Which VIN is this? Is this a VIN J or a VIN P motor? This is a J. Okay, so this is a J. So this has a relay because the VIN P was the simpler version. All right. So this is a J motor. What
1: has a re- the relay that the it shows on the thing? You know, on the wiring diagram, right? Is after the control module. Okay, and, and so it, the, the switches both go directly to the control module.
0: Okay, and does the wiring diagram I sent you match the vehicle?
1: Yes, it does.
0: All right. If you go to, if you go to the door jam switch on the left side, test across it and do the same thing to the right side because they're the same in the diagram. Do you get the same result? No. Okay.
1: When I do the, the right I'll be I'll be quick, when I do the left one, when you temporarily ground there's no power to either wire, uh, you temporarily ground it, it works according to specs. it's supposed it comes up for thirty seconds.
0: Okay. So then I'm thinking, you know what, I'm not gonna be able to do this in the time I got. Walter, we're going to have to reconnect. How about we uh, do this same bad time, same channel, a uh, um, little bit after the news at the top of the hour? Why don't you stay put where you are and we'll finish this up. All right, sir? Don't go away and uh, we'll kind of go from there. I'm running the car doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See you.